Today on Gamerhead Radio, I'm full of sugar! Gamerhead Radio starts now. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Gamerhead Radio. I am, of course, Viking Jesus. Mike name it's the man who's drank almost three quarts of Kool-Aid in less than 24 hours. Okay. Actual Kool-Aid, not hype Kool-Aid. So he thinks. So I... Th- no, it's it's physical. It's it's right here. See? They can they can hear it. Not until you get to the bottom. Oh, it's just... Okay. Especially formulated. Oh. <laughs> okay. Anyway, and over to here, where's, where, where's Goat? Uh, he is on tour this week. Right. He told us that, didn't he? Yes. What the hell did you put in this Kool-Aid? Uh, I'm not telling you. Okay. <laughs> and over here, of course, the man that can't handle how much sugar I have in me is the Technotronicorn himself. Excuse me. Technotronicorn himself, Mr. Charlie Worthley. No, you're right the first time. I've changed my name to... <laughs> <laughs> I've seen the oh, that's why your driver's license is longer. Okay, I see. Yes. <laughs> it, it, it's, I have one of the special fold-out ones. <laughs> and uh, as Charlie said, Goat is on tour, so he's not going to be uh, he's not going to be joining us for the next few weeks, several weeks rather. Um, so we're going to have a series of guest hosts standing in for him uh, this week. We've got the man, the myth, the motherfucking mailman, Dan Hotkey. Everyone should have a hobby, don't you think? Man is making love. Hello, Radioland. Whoa, 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 whoa. No hitting on our listeners. Oh. Until after the show. Also, not radio. <laughs> Closer. <laughs> well, internet radio. Whatever. You never know. Whatever. Works for me. So, uh, game season is definitely picking up, that's for certain. Uh, PAX Australia is happening this week. In case anyone uh, listens to us and is also in Australia. Someday I like would like to go to a PAX. That'd be nice. We'll 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 have like a road trip to like uh, PAX Prime is probably closer than PAX East. No wait, PAX East is probably closer because East is in Boston and Prime is in Seattle. Yeah. Because uh, I'm not going to PAX South because that's in Texas and I'm fuzzy. So <laughs> we just go in. What 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 time of year is it? Do they is PAX South like, happen? Like January, I think. Oh, see, that would be the best time to go, because it'll only be 70 there. You... <laughs> You'll be the only one in, well like, done. short sleeves and, like, shorts. Everybody else will have, like, hoodies on, but... Yeah, no kidding. Um, so PAX Australia is happening uh, later on this weekend. Um, also, a lot of games are starting to come out. Uh, Freedom Wars on the on the Vita, the first big... Well, not the first big exclusive on the Vita, clearly. Um, well, maybe, I don't know. Vita doesn't have any games. Um... A new big game for the Vita. Uh, Lords of the Fallen, most notable for having a collector's edition that comes with a head. I'm not kidding. (laughs) Like foam, latex, like Uh, plastic? Sculpted. Like like resin? I think think so. Maybe it's an actual head. I don't know. I don't have the collector's edition in front of me. I just didn't know it was life size. Huh? Life size? Yeah. Does, uh, does the game go inside the head? Is it like the, that Master Chief edition where the helmet comes off and the it, game swords inside? It. That'd be really cool. I don't know. I haven't. I, all I've seen is missed opportunity. If it doesn't, yeah. What the hell, Namco Bandai? 
I think, is the one to publish. Anyway, um, uh, so yeah, Freedom Wars, Lords of the Fallen. Uh, apparently, they're still making MX versus ATV games because MT- MX versus ATV Supercross is coming out on last generation consoles. NBA Live is also still a thing, coming out on PS4 and Xbox One. Uh, WWE 2K15 is coming out on PS3 and Xbox 360. Those of you who are like me and waiting for it on current gen consoles will have to wait another month. Um, also, the big release this week will be Sunset Overdrive on the Xbox One. Um, Sunset Overdrive, of course, the, uh, big Xbox exclusive of the year that isn't named Forza. Um, I've been seeing a lot of positive press about it, but I'm still not sure about it. Like, I'm still not even sure what the game entails, other than the fact that there's apparently, uh, some kind of diseased energy drink that's, that's destroying the world. So basically, it's the story of Red Bull. (laughs) I, I might like rent or borrow it if it gets good reviews, but um, it's uh, I, yeah, I don't know. It, it it's it's intrigued me, but it hasn't quite sold me yet. Yeah, I think I'm just kind of drawn to it because it's made by Insomniac, and I love everything Insomniac puts out. And so, yeah. we'll see, we'll see. Anyway, Dan, what'd you play this week? Well, first I played some Destiny. I know everyone's sick of hearing about that, but <sighs> it's that game I just love to hate no, no, and play. No. It's a love-hate relationship, but I'm still having fun with it. You're, you're, you're a recovering Destiny addict. We got it. <laughs> I haven't played it as much as when it first came out, so that's all good. But... Well, that's because you're working on Sundays now, Mr. Postman. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get to that later. <laughs> and I also played The Evil Within, which so far has been very interesting. The death scenes are very gruesome. Evil Within has been very mixed in the press so far. Like, a lot of people love the mechanics and, like, the atmosphere and stuff like that, but everyone just hates the story. The story really hasn't made that much sense so far other than little tidbits that you pick up here and there. Oh, good, so I'll hate it. (laughs) Probably. (laughs) Wonderful. If you can get through it. I mean, it's not really a jump scare game. It's kind of more of a psychological. It kind of messes it's with your head. It's more creepy, atmospheric kind of. Yeah, thing. and trying to kill the enemies is really fun too, because you have very, very limited ammo. Yeah, that's what I'm hearing. So, oh well. Just been playing that, and I think I played like three songs out of theater rhythm, all the subtitles. <laughs> I'm so glad that that's catching up. <laughs> By the third game, Square Enix is actually going to call it Theater Rhythm Final Fantasy all the subtitles. No, no, no. And it'll then I'm just going be to called sue them for all... copyright infringement. No, it'll just be called all the subtitles, and we'll just know. It won't even be Theater Rhythm. It'll just be all the subtitles, and everyone will know what it is. Cool. That everything? That's everything. Very cool. Charlie? I actually got in some gaming. Today. Really? Today. <laughs> Today. Because you didn't want to have a... I have nothing to talk about again. <laughs> um, no, I just really miss playing video games. Um, well, yeah. <laughs> the um, you know this last, I mean, really like the last like month, but especially this last week. Um, uh, we had we finally had our housewarming party yesterday, which both mm-hmm. the other people and in, in this room attended, as well as many other fabulous people. Which is where, I, which is where I got this Kool Aid. Very true. Um, <laughs> fabulous time was had by all, but um, you know, I don't think I went to bed before three a.m every night for the last week just because I've been up just like working on stuff because OCD and having a bunch of people come into your brand new house makes you do lots and lots of things. So, yeah, <laughs> I can imagine. Um, so anyway, so, so now that that's finally over with, I have a chance to relax a bit. Um, I finally, uh, oh, and <laughs> as one of the things I actually did this last week was I finally rehooked up my Kinect sensor to my Xbox one. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Took long enough. Um, yeah. It's, um, you know, because uh, I've talked about, 
talked about Plex on the previous episode, being able to watch shows today with Michelle and be able to say like Xbox go to Ple- uh, go to Plex and yeah. Xbox pause Xbox play. It's like I really missed it. I, I'm not even I'm not even exaggerating yeah. or like joking when I say that. Like it's like um like when you had to like when I had to get up to the power out, just being able to say like Xbox pause as opposed to like hunting for the remote and which is probably you know normally a fall into the couch cushions or whatever. It's uh, I definitely yeah. miss it and very happy about that whole situation. But to answer your question, um so I decided to check out a bunch of the um the free uh, Xbox Live uh, game with uh, games with gold games that have yeah. come out um, since I started the program. So uh, checked out uh, Crimson Dragon, hated it. <laughs> really, <laughs> it's really bad. It's 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 an on rails shooter. Uh-huh. Um, but so, so the, so the, the, it's, it's one, it's, it's, it's trying to do this weird mix of like where, so you're on rails as far as how you're flying through the level, but then you can still maneuver your dragon on the screen and like kind of move him around a little bit uh-huh. with the left stick, but then you can move the targeting, the targeting reticule with the right thumbstick. Mm-hmm. It's just very confusing. Yeah. Like, like the control scheme is just very weird because it's like, you want to have full control because you know, like having full control of like you know moving throughout the level with the left stick and targeting with the right stick, I completely get. But your range of movement with the left stick is very limited. So, yeah. and the other thing that bugged me is like as soon as you start up the game, if you've played a lot of mobile games, like you know, like uh, like iPad and Android type things, you you probably run into the kind of game where like you get a daily bonus for like playing every day. Right. So like the more days in a row you play, like you get bonuses. Yeah. And as soon as I fired up Crimson Dragon, after the uh, the studio logos, the very first thing it says is like, "Here's your daily bonus." I'm just like, "Oh God, this is not a good start." <laughs> Any game that has to re- resort to gimmicks and bribery to get you to play the game, usually um, it's not a good sign. No. So, so just between just like the the the, the you know the 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 shystery feel of the game and just the the poor controls, I won't be going back to that one. I'm very happy I did not pay money for that. Um, oh. Then I went and I played um, Strike Suit Zero, much better. Yeah. Um, it's been a long time since I've played a good flight sim, like space flight sim. I've talked about X Wing and Tie Fighter in the past, and um, um, it's in um, you know th- th- this one is more Wing Commander ish. Yeah. In, in terms of like you know uh, the, just like how it tells the story and everything, I played through just the first level and everything. But um, I think I actually will go play that one. Um, go back and play that one some more, just because um, it re- it really brought back a lot of the, the the things I used to love about playing flight sims, and it, it, the controls were. Well, I mean, maybe it was just coming off of Crimson Dragon, but the controls were <laughs> phenomenally better. Um, but it uh, wasn't bad. Um, and then Michelle and I um, played through the first level of Chariot, um, which is a cute little... Uh, yeah, I, I, I saw that. I didn't look anything into it. All I said was, yeah, it's free. Okay. Yeah, it's, um, it's a cute little co-op game. I mean, you can play it single player, but the idea is that um, your king has died and you Aww. need to... Well, it's okay because his ghost is there and he's funny. Um, oh, Okay. <laughs> Um, but the but the, uh, the 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 point of the game is that you have to transport the 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 king's coffin or chariot whatever um, which is on two big wheels um, to the royal catacombs or whatever which is it's a side scroller kind of puzzly platformy kind of a game and so um, as you move through the level you can like you can push the chariot you can pull the chariot you can ride the chariot you can throw a rope and hook onto the chariot to pull it up ledges and things like that. And so it's, um, it's, it, it's a puzzle platformer, but it's, you know, the style is very fun. Like it's very like bright and lighthearted and yeah. uh, it's a good co-op game. So interesting. Yeah. Michelle and I enjoyed that. And um, yeah, that was my day. Very cool. Well, you actually somehow got, actually you didn't get more games in than I did. That, that would be weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so I, uh, I started off the week with um, uh, Hatsune Miku, Project Diva F on Vita. 
I've heard weirdly good things about those games. It's. Re- I wish I would have brought my Vita. I want uh, to. You, you might like it. I know Dan would like it. Um, it's Japanese. It's, yeah, for those of you who aren't familiar, it's a music rhythm game featuring uh, Japan's favorite virtual idol Hatsune Miku. Um, all of the uh, all of the controls and stuff like that are just timing the face button presses. And with the Vita, there are certain parts where you need to like. Um, like uh, so it, it says scratch the screen, but I hate that term because I don't want to scratch the screen. I uh, so you just rub the it's screen. Like DJ scratching. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's it's supposed to be kind of like that. Um, it's a, it's a surprisingly addictive game. Like I don't know what the hell happened. Like if, like our listeners know who I am. I'm just, I'm Viking Jesus. I'm supposed to be the Nordic god of video game metal, and suddenly <laughs> I'm playing like I get yeah, like, on, on a beat and like it's, it's yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, but I love it. I, I'm sorry. Can I please have your vocal impression of of uh, anime pop music one more time, please? No, you may not. Please, just 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 real quick. No, you could you could just, just you could just, just no. But I don't. I want you. I want that. What just happened? No, he wants fresh. I'm afraid I can't do it more than once, Charlie. The Elmo yeah. voice just tired me out. <laughs> well, now I'm really pissed. No, you're not. not you're yeah, right. All I kept seeing was uh, your achievements keep popping up on Facebook. I'm like, he's being such a diva about this. Uh, <laughs> uh, 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 puns. It's a surprisingly good game, though. Um, I may or may not be addicted to one or two of the songs. Um, <laughs> did you guys... Sidebar, did you see when Hatsune Miku was on Letterman? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I was, I was, I, I kid you not, I was writing something. I forget what I was writing. And then Letterman was just like running on, running in the background. I usually only have Letterman on while I'm playing like a handheld game and I have him on his background noise or while I'm writing or something. I, or I'm just waiting for Craig Ferguson to come on after him. Mm-hmm. Um, and suddenly I hear him uh, hear him go, please, ladies and gentlemen, welcome Hatsune Miku. And I pulled one of these where just my eyes got all wide and I looked up at the television and like, <laughs> No way. And the, there she was. And I'm like, well, son of a bitch. She's mainstream now. <laughs> I loved his reaction afterwards, though. Like, what? what like the stepping off the Willie Nelson's tour bus. <laughs> yeah, that, that was... I, I really wanted to see his reaction because he's awkward with, like, modern-day music. Yeah. And, and Hatsune Miku's definitely ahead of her time. Or the people who put her together. Or In whatever. this country, anyways. In this yeah. country, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was hoping that they were going to have some interaction between them after the song was over, but then she just like, disappeared in sparkles, and it was just he was just like, oh, well, okay then, here I am in front of a screen. That would have been glorious. <laughs> um, so I played that. Um, I, I'm still playing Smash, obviously, because, you know, I'm me. Um, and I also actually got back to Hyrule Warriors, because I didn't realize that DLC came out last week. Oh. Um, they released the Master Quest... Um, the DLC pack, which has five new campaign missions and a host of other like adventure stuff and unlockables, and you get to play as the villains now. So I'm like, yeah, okay, and it was really good. Like uh, the, the I, you know, I paid twenty bucks for the full season pass. The thing itself was supposed to be eight dollars, and for the content I got, if I bought it alone, I would have thought it would have been more than worth it. But that may just be the Zelda fanboy in me again. The so, game you know, can so. get hella hard. And... I know. <laughs> I was playing on normal, and I had to restart one mission like eight times. Yeah, I go through all three difficulties before I even move on to the next stage. I'm yeah, you're yeah. a masochist, so yeah. <laughs> oh well, um, and I just yesterday I just picked up my pre-order of uh, Bayonetta two, which I haven't gotten around to yet, and it's kind of disappointing me. But I want to replay Bayonetta one that comes with 
the, the game. Um, but I just haven't had time in the past few days between work and party and work Kool-Aid. and whatever the hell I was doing today before, between work and coming here. So Another game that seems to be getting just really good reviews across the board. Did you ever play the first Bayonetta? I, play, I started it. It didn't grip me, so I didn't finish it. When I'm finished with... On second thought, I'm not going to let you borrow it because I know how you are with games that are borrowed. They, they sit on your shelf forever. Um, that's any game. Not just borrowed once. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, I'll force you to play some of it or something, and we'll okay. listen to Michelle critique her fashion sense. Um, well, actually, it sounds like a lot of fun. <laughs> do, do, here's just a side question. Do um do you need to play the first one to like understand what's happening in the second one? Or I'm you... assuming so. Like I said, I haven't even started the second one oh, yet because right, right, I want to okay. replay the first one. Um, I'm told that the story is like super light. Oh, well, to be fair, the story is pretty super light and like over the top and very anime esque in both games. So I mean, you could get away with not actually playing it. Probably. I just now want to hear Michelle do a critique of. The way she dresses about it. Yeah, that's um, that's my selling point at this point. So yeah, I mean, her clothes are made yeah. of her hair, so right. you know. So yeah, you should record that, and then we'll just be like, "Here's a review of Bayonetta." <laughs> another, uh, another gamerhead bulletin. Cool. So that's what we did this week in games. Let's see what the industry did this week in games. Okay, so um, here's the thing, guys. Normally we have a top five, but Nintendo decided to put out a Nintendo Direct this week about Smash Brothers on Wii U, where they talked about 53 things that we didn't know about the Wii U version of the game, which is so big that it's taking up two other spots. And we asked it to buy another ticket, but I mean, it, it's, <laughs> you know, it, it, Nintendo. it's Nintendo, so we, get, we, so we have to be nice. So here's what we're going to do. Um, so... Numbers three through five, or five through three, rather, are going to be all of the things they said on the Nintendo Direct, lightning round style, by yours truly. Just, just remember, this is better than us deciding to have a top 57. <laughs> um, I feel like there should be a timer. There's kind of a timer. We'll, we'll just go off of that. Okay, so, so, someone, someone tell me when to go. And go. Number one, some of the 3DS games, hidden characters like Ganondorf and Ness will be unlockable from the start in the Wii U version. Number two, the Wii U version has a much higher resolution. Duh. Uh, three, eight player smash. You can have up to eight people on some stages. Number four, bigger stages like Hyrule Temple, a classic from the GameCube game and other games. Number five, a new feature called Danger Zone. Danger Zone! Not the song. Some stages will have lava patches that will hurt, kill you. Uh, number six, one stage based on Donkey Kong Country Returns lets you battle on two different planes at once, one in the background and one in the foreground. Number seven, more stages than the 3DS version, thank fucking god. Number eight, including a Miiverse stage that will highlight Miiverse posts for each Smash Fighter as you play. Number nine, Palutena will add commentary when you play as Pit, not unlike Snake's Codex in Super Smash Bros. Brawl. Number ten, Metal Face from Xenoblade Chronicles will appear on the Gower Plains stage. Number eleven, Ridley will appear. But he's not playable. Number, number 12, in addition to stock and time modes, you'll be able to fight with coin battles again for some reason. Number 13, stamina battles too. In those, you'll lose your HP when your HP gets to zero in an inversion of the usual Smash formula. Number 14, there's a mode called Special Smash, where you can change around the rules and do all sorts of funny things. Number 15, you'll be able to change item frequency in this one, unlike the 3DS version for some reason again. <laughs> number 16, there's a function called My Music that will let you set how 
how frequently you want songs to appear during each battle, like Brawl. 17, you can change the menu music too, like Brawl. 18, the Wii U version will have way more music than the 3DS version did, like... Not like Brawl. Uh, 19, <laughs> more composers too! Number 20, you can collect CDs in the game that will get you more tracks, like... Never mind, do you get it? Um, <laughs> Number 21, there are way more challenges than the 3DS version. Number 22, classic mode will be very different. You'll advance based on how well you do, rather on which order you want to do things. 23, clearing classic mode will get you individual character clear movies. 24, all-star mode will be in reverse chronological order this time around instead of the actual chronological order. 25, new event mode will take you on a whole bunch of different themed battles. 26, the Wii U's version of Smash Run is a board game mode called Smash Tour, in which you'll compete on a big old Mario Party-style map, collecting fighters and items as you move your Miis around the board, also presumably murdering your co-players. Number 27, there's a Target Blast minigame in which you launch big old bombs at various targets, which is also in the 3DS version, so I'm not sure why they mentioned that. Number 28, you can play with other people in the stadium now, even for Target Blast, which is apparently something people want. 29, there's a new mode called Special Orders, in which the big bosses, Master Hand and Crazy Hand, will give you unique challenges and commands. Some of of them are masterful, some of them are crazy. I feel really bad about that, I'm sorry. Uh, number 30, Master <laughs> Fortress is a new sort of boss battle in which the Master Core, from the 3DS version, will actually turn into a motherfucking dungeon that you have to conquer. Number 31, you can play the game with lots of controllers, from the Wii U gamepad to the Wii Remote Nunchuck, and literally every controller that Nintendo has released for the past three console generations. Number 32, there's a GameCube controller adapter. As you knew, you can use GameCube controllers to play. 33, for some reason, you can use the 3DS as a controller. 34, you can bring custom characters from your 3DS to your Wii U, which we also already knew. 35, lots more trophies, mostly from the console games, not the handheld games. 36, you can get final smash trophies by surviving all-star mode with each character. 37, there's a trophy box! So you can show off all these new trophies if you feel compelled to do so. 38, Photo Studio is a new mode in which you can arrange your trophies and take ridiculous pictures that will certainly not be abused at all. <laughs> 39, you can collect trophies in multiplayer Trophy Rush. 40. With a strange new mode called Masterpieces, you can actually play timed demos of classic Nintendo games like Super Mario World and Earthbound. Then, once your timer is up, you can go buy them on the Wii U's virtual console. Capitalism! Also in Brawl. Um, <laughs> complete with capitalism. 41. You can level up your amiibo characters. They'll gain experience, fighting, and boost stats when you give them equipment to gobble up. Also, you'll probably lose the figures in your vacuum on occasion. 42. The Wii Lana adapter is compatible with the Wii U. Use that if your Wi-Fi sucks. <laughs> 43. You'll get notifications in the main menu because we're not sick of those in video games yet. 44. You can team up with people sitting on the, your couch to play online together because Nintendo understands that people still like to play in the same room. Uh, 45. Eventually, Nintendo is going to add a mode where you can host and join tournaments. No official release date or anything has been announced. 46. Nintendo is going to have tournaments too. Yay! 47, the gamepad will mirror the screen and can also show information about how much damage characters have taken. 48, you can only take, not only can you take screenshots, as you can in the 3DS version, apparently, you'll be able to draw on them with the gamepad. 
rad. Eventually, you'll be able to share them online, too. <laughs> 49, voice chat, but not in-game, just between matches. 50, stage builder. You'll be able to make your own stages on the gamepad. 51, you'll also be able to share stages eventually. That feature isn't ready yet, because the game's not out yet. Imagine that. Uh, 52, all the joins the battles reveal movies that we've seen over the past few years are in the game. Number 53, if you buy both the 3DS and Wii U versions and register them in Club Nintendo by January 13th, you can get a two-disc soundtrack set from Nintendo, one disc focusing on the 3DS version of the game, the other on the Wii U version. And this isn't on the list I'm reading off of Kotaku. Thank you, Kotaku. Um, but number 54, if you buy both games and register them, you can get Mewtwo as a motherfucking downloadable character for free! How'd I do? Four um, minutes, four minutes, fifty seconds. Nice. So that was fifty-four things we now know about Smash Wait, on Wii U. So, so there's so, a so what questions do you have? So there's a Miiverse stage. I'm sorry. Can you go over the list again? <laughs> <laughs> yes, you could just copy and paste that part right there. <laughs> So there's oh. a Miiverse stage where the comments uh, that people have about the characters are going to be popping yeah, up so, in the stage. So there's going to be a Miiverse stage, and I'm so excited for this because you know Nintendo is going to be moderating like crazy. Um, where Miiverse posts will actually show up like floating around in the background. Yeah, that's not going to be abused. That, no, not <laughs> at all. Um, I'm sure they'll be curated. Oh, no, it was I'll draw the Mushroom just, Kingdom. Uh, huh? I'm just going to draw the Mushroom Kingdom. Careful. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, obviously, I'm most excited about Mewtwo being a confirmed downloadable character. Not only because Mewtwo was my main in Super Smash Bros. Melee, but because that means that the door is wide open for downloadable characters. Oh, yeah, true. So, and a lot of people were kind of angry that they thought that you could only get Mewtwo through ha purchasing both versions of the game when they only said that if you purchase both versions of the game, you get him for free. So that kind of implies that you'll be able to buy him individually at some point if you don't want to own $100 worth of Super Smash Brothers games. Who wouldn't so, want to do that? So, so aside from them talking, so, uh, aside from that, have they... I take it then from what you're saying that they haven't talked about downloadable characters at all yet? They have not. Okay. I, I And I like that Nintendo is kind of taking that silent approach because one of the big things that people hate was is that when companies announce DLC before the game is even out. True. I don't consider this announcing DLC because they announced that Mewtwo won't be ready till spring. Because so, um, apparently it takes a lot of time putting time into one... You know, just one character. I was going to ask, you just answered my question, I was going to ask how you would respond if it was discovered that Mewtwo was already on the disc and it was just an unlock. Nope, he's not going to be ready till the spring. So, okay. um, another thing that I'm actually kind of uh, excited about in that is, um, well, not excited about, maybe just curious, eight-player Smash Battles? Yeah, how is that going to work? It's online, I assume. No, it's also locally. H how? How? I don't know. <laughs> huh. Maybe we'll have to test it out when the game comes out, and we'll just find as many GameCube controllers and Pro controllers and Wii remotes and stuff that we I've can. I've got four. All right. Yes. <laughs> yes. I have a screen that can fit eight players, so yes. Then <laughs> you have a wall that can fit eight players more, yeah. more appropriately. Um, so uh, one of the things that caught my ear was that there's, there will be voice chat, but not during match. Why yeah. Why do you suppose they did that? I believe it's probably because of uh, um, trying to keep the connection clean, mm -hmm. so to speak. Um, or trash talking. Or 
trash talking. I don't know. I, I have a feeling because in the video, I think they said specifically uh, something about making sure that you have the most lag free connection. So they're disabling voice while the actual game is going on. I understand um, that. Okay. Okay. I'm glad you understand that because I'm the one that was like, is voice that big a deal? Is uh, is it really something that would lag down a game so much? But is it? It, it could be just depending on the rest of the puzzle. Okay. Yeah. It's just, yeah. Okay. Plus, it's Nintendo multiplayer, and yeah, I don't know Mario Kart. Mario Kart Eight multiplayer has been absolutely lag free so far, and I'm if if anything, you would need it to be lag free. So, um, so yeah. But another thing that caught my attention: they're actually using the Wii U uh, gamepad display screen. But just as a mirror, right? Plus, with some, um, some additional information, they'll be they'll be using it as a mirror. You can alter it so that it will show like your uh, like the character damage and stuff like that. Um, they used an example so that uh, like your gamepad will be like on a stand in front of you with the character damage, and then everyone else will be using separate controllers. Which to me is like, okay, I don't need that display because it's on the screen. Yeah, but... <laughs> and we're talking about a fighting game. People aren't gonna be looking away from the screen. Mm-mm. To like no. check something in their lap <laughs> no, 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 or whatever. No, no. Yeah. Um, I I think it's funny is before this Nintendo Direct, a lot of people uh, were just like, oh well, now why do I care about the Wii U version if I have the 3DS version? This is going to be the same fucking thing except high def. Um, well, and then this Nintendo Direct happened, and now everyone's just like, I paid forty dollars for a goddamn demo. <laughs> <laughs> Like guys, it's still a good game. Plus, portable Smash. It's, it's like that's something right. that that's something that Nintendo fanboys have been begging for since the original Smash. So yeah, I'm I'm actually finding myself to get somewhat in, interested by this because it's like the one thing I, I I'm continuously forgetting that I can do on my Wii U mm-hmm. is be able to play games just on the gamepad. Yep. So like today, it's like it didn't even cross my mind. Michelle's like, I didn't watch football all for two weeks. I'm watching football today. Damn it! I was just like, all right, I guess I'll just sit here on the couch and. Not do anything, Aww. and I didn't, it didn't even cross my mind. I could have like been playing like Donkey Kong, like on the gamepad. You could have even like, like plugged headphones into the gamepad yeah. so you could still hear it and I, stuff. Yeah, and she I wouldn't have to. Yeah. And... So yeah, damn it. Oh well. Next. What time. an age we live in. <laughs> <laughs> Where Next Charlie Sunday. can forget that he has a second screen <laughs> built right into a video game console. First world problems. <laughs> or that, successes. That's the epitome of course. <laughs> yeah. That's the epitome of first world problems. I, I blame fatigue for my oversight. As you should, yep. I think. Yep. Whatever. Um, <laughs> so yeah, 53 things about Smash. 54, because I added Mewtwo. Also, thank you again, Kotaku, for putting together a list in text so that I could read that that quickly. Um, although I obviously added some of my own flavor in there. Coming in at number two, this was actually kind of shocking, and a lot of people don't know who this person is, but uh, this was still shocking to me. Um, so Jade Raymond is a well-known producer for Ubisoft. She's been there for about like 10 years or so, maybe a little bit more than that. Um, she's been a producer on the Assassin's Creed franchise and the Splinter Cell franchise, arguably two of the most well-known things Ubisoft has ever put out. Um, she's also rather attractive, but, you know, that that's that's uh, just Neo-Gaff talking. Um <laughs> Uh, she left Ubisoft this week, and she hasn't really given much of a reason other than that she's gotten uh, great opportunities on the horizon. Um, I was terrified that it had something to do with all the harassment going around and stuff like that, but that's not been the case so far, so maybe she legitimately just 
has something cool she's working on. And and um, what's his name from Game Trailers TV? Uh, that his name I always forget because I don't like him. Um, uh, Jeff no. Jeff Keeley Keeley Kylie Knightley Karen Knightley. Sure, go ahead. Yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> Um, he mentioned something about how Jade is going to be on Game Trailers TV talking about whatever project she's working on next, but not till, like, December. So it's kind of an early tease to me, but uh, maybe I'm just not as familiar with Game Trailers TV as most other people are. I'm going to call it. We've talked before about when um, when uh, Cliff, Liz- Cliff Lizensky was, like, for- we-, we wanted him to form, like, the super group of game developers. I'm she's going it. to Boss Key? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Wow, I wouldn't even know how to react. Give <laughs> it a few weeks, they'll prove to you. <laughs> wow, I just, I'm trying to think if those two might have ever crossed paths now to where they might have actually like collaborate on something, but I can't think of anything because Ubisoft is a French and Canadian company and Epic is a very, um, or not Epic, well, yes, Epic, because that's where Cliff was from, um, is a very um, uh, East Coast US-based company. And so is Boss Key. So I don't know. It'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. That'd be really cool, though. Yeah. Get the, get them to like Ken Levine from Bioshock yeah. and and oh man, now it, hmm <laughs> on an upcoming feature on Red Radio. No, maybe I don't know. It depends on what I can come up with. Um, that'd be really cool. But anyway, uh, we wish Jade Raymond the best in all her future endeavors. Although I have no doubt she'll. Uh, be able to find new work. Yeah, she's, got, pretty... she's got quite the pedigree going for her. So yeah, yeah um, Assassin's Creed and Splinter Cell again. Yeah. So coming in at number one, this this is, this is a really unfortunate story, but I can't help but kind of laugh at it. But I can't help but feel bad about it. Um, so there's an indie developer. His name is Mike Maldek, okay. who sounds like he's got a name out of some '80s action movie. Um, he put, so, so he's been working for years on this game called Paranautical Activity, uh, and threw it up on Steam in early access a couple weeks ago, and it finally actually released about a week ago, by the time this hits the air. Um, Steam apparently messed up, or something, according to uh, Mike on Twitter, where... His game, while officially released, was still listed in early access and was also part of a Halloween-themed sale. Um, And Mike took to Twitter and just went off on Valve and Steam and stuff like that because he thought that the fact that it says the game is still in early access cost him a ton of money in sales, which I'm not an indie developer, so I don't understand it. I could see the logic there, but I'm... Like people would avoid it because it's not... They think it's not done? Early access games... Keep uh, keep in mind, Steam early access games are intentionally not finished. So you're basically getting in... You know, at the beta stage or something like that. So people are buying into something that they know isn't finished. Mm-hmm. So people like me who only want to play a finished product and don't want to see like development as it goes along sure. might stay away from it. Okay. It's relatively safe to assume based on sales numbers that people want to play more a finished product than to see something grow and progress until it reaches completion. I can understand that. Um, so, unfortunately, Mr. Maldek, um, didn't take this very, didn't take this very well. He took to Twitter and went on this huge rant that ended with the tweet that said, I'm going to kill Gabe Newell. Gabe Newell is going to die. Oh, that's an overreaction. 
Just a bit. Yeah. Um, so not only was, did he delete that tweet because, you know, death threats on Twitter aren't smart these days, yeah. um, nor any days for that matter. Um, but he would have done it on MySpace. No one it, would have ever seen it. <laughs> so not only did he delete that tweet because he realized it was probably a stupid thing to say, but Steam delisted his game entirely. Um, yeah. When asked for comment, a Valve spokesperson said, Mr. Moldek threatened one of our employees, and we don't like to condone that type of behavior. Completely understandably so. Uh-huh. Um, I'm just trying to... It, it didn't help, by the way, that um, because, you know, it's October and everyone's changing their twiddle, uh, Twitter... Their twiddle. Their Twitter. <laughs> their Twitter handles to, like, spooky names and stuff like that. His name was Mike Murderdeck. <laughs> So I'm like, oh, very, very poor choice. Which mall deck is already pretty, you know, yeah. spooky. But he decided to make himself look even worse. Um, what? What? I can't even fathom like why he would think it's a good idea to threat. Like I can understand like being like all fired up and passionate about his game and stuff like that. Again, I don't know anything about like you know sales numbers in terms of early access or anything like that. But it, this just seems like. You know, this really seems like he should... This especially seems like something that he could have easily fixed with just a simple email or a few phone calls or something like that, and instead he decided to rant about it on Twitter without... He doesn't have any evidence that he actually tried contacting them before. It's just like, oh, fuck, Valve, I hate their system, Steam, it's so fucking bad, I'm gonna kill Gabe, you know, stuff like that. It's like, dude, chill out. I understand that you've probably spent years of your life making this game, but... I, 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 can't Threats. Help, I can't help but feel like that there are some other contributing factors here because either he is not stable, like there's there's something wrong with him, right? Or like he was, I mean, this is not an excuse to be very clear, but he was like drunk or stoned or on something, because, right? I mean, that is not an, a normal reaction to something like that, uh, right? I, mean, it, there, there, I, I feel like not that any of them would make his reaction okay. I'm just saying I feel like that there's. There had There's to have been some, to this. There, yeah, there had to have been some other contributing elements to cause somebody to react in that fashion. The um, the uh, the thing I'm reminded of most is Phil Fish. Remember how quickly he always flew off the handle when something didn't go his way? Yeah. So I'm wondering if this is just an indie developer thing. Like if indie de- indie well, devs are just ca- so... careful. Well, no, 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 no. <laughs> I know. So I wonder if well, I wonder if like just the position that indie devs put themselves in, just the fact that they have. So so much of their own personal time and finances put into these games and stuff like that, that they're just so unbelievably stressed that one little thing, even if it's not that big of a deal, might set them off. Okay, I see what, I see what you're... Th- yeah, I'm not, trying, yeah. I'm, I'm not trying to say that all indie devs are insane by any <laughs> means. I'm just saying that I think that... I And I kind of wonder if like the success of like Minecraft and Fez and Braid and stuff like that has kind of warranted this, because... Or not warranted this, rather is like ushered this age in where suddenly like indie devs are just like people like us who are just like, you know, making games as a hobby, throw them out and then suddenly they're the biggest thing ever and now you've got all this pressure on you alone. So I wonder if that's supposed to be part of it. Could be. I mean, they, they have to make a good game like Minecraft, that being an indie game. It's fantastic. Being able to build up these worlds, or in my case, I love just destroying them and <laughs> get yelled at about it by my kids, but that's a whole different story. But I I mean, you really have to make the game good in order to be a successful indie developer or people just come along like, 
spread word about your game and get more people into it. But yeah, if you have to fly off the handle and then get your game removed, it. Yeah, no, there, there's, there's, no, like I said, there were so many better ways he could have handled this. He picked the absolute worst one. Because um, I read that story and I'm like, sucks for that guy. I read, the, I read that story at 8 a.m. when I had like barely any sleep, staying over at a friend's house, and I'm like, oh, Mike. No, <laughs> like, like I was, I was so tired just reading it, and like, what were you thinking? What like he was you right there. Do? I know <laughs> he didn't need his cornflakes. What? He didn't need his cornflakes. Um. So, oh well, it, it's it's unfortunate. For what it's worth, I've heard a lot of people who managed to get the game uh, before it went down. Apparently, the game is actually quite good. Um, this makes the whole story even worse. Yeah, this, it, now it's just unfortunate. Yeah. Um, and now I gotta find a leaked copy. And... You can probably find it on several other different websites or something like that. Steam is definitely not the only place you can get PC games nowadays. Yeah. So, I hope. Uh, I hope uh, the, the I forget his name. The gentleman uh, in question uh, gets the help he needs. I'll just leave it at that. Yeah, I hope everything works out, but we'll see. Lesson. This is a lesson to you, kids. If something doesn't go your way, don't threaten anyone. Um, don't threaten anyone. Just period. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's, that's usually a good way to. Uh, that's usually a good way to live. But I mean, you know. But whatever. Yeah. Anyway, we've got Dan here, so let's talk spookiness. <laughs> Thank you, spooky Tronicorn. <laughs> oh, I was hoping for that thing from last night. <laughs> he can only do that once a year. <laughs> All right, so Dan's here, um, and it's Halloween week, um, not Halloween. Unless you're listening to this on Halloween, in which case, hey, thanks. You're choosing to spend your All Hallows Eve with us. Anyway, um, so we thought we'd talk horror games because it's one genre that we somehow haven't yet touched on. Um, Which is kind of surprising. Well, I mean, of all the people we have here, I mean, I'm not a fan of horror games. Charlie doesn't strike me as a fan of horror games. Um, who's currently face deep in some kind of ice cream treat, so he's not speaking for the moment. Um, Waiting my turn. Okay. Um, I'm just kind of all over the place with games except racing and sports. Well, yeah. but to your, Which I know goat, it probably just went... You're dead to me. <laughs> <laughs> no, you said racing. Wait, you said you don't like racing. I thought yeah. you meant... Uh, never mind. Um, yeah, you're dead to him. Sorry. Um, <laughs> so, I, I, I don't know. See, here's, here's the thing about horror anything, is that I don't... I, I'm I'm a wuss, okay? I'm, <laughs> I'm the person that at four years old I got on Space Mountain and suddenly it was the worst thing ever and that just scarred me for life, apparently. <laughs> um, true story. Um, Have you gone to the Haunted Manor? Huh? The Haunted Manor? Uh, no, I love the Haunted Manor. Um, did you uh, did, did you face your demons at Space Mountain when you went back down there? Of course not. Wait for real? Yeah. You okay? <laughs> All right. So no, uh, I took one look at it. No, if to be fair, I didn't face my demons because it was a two-hour wait. Oh, all right. <laughs> um. But see, with, with with horror or anything, I'm not a big fan of them because I, I'm a very vivid, very visual person. And, like, when I wrote uh, – the thing I'm thinking of, when I wrote the uh, song I did in 
tribute to the creepypasta community. And I looked up all these creepy... For those of you who don't remember, creepypastas are basically internet ghost stories about, like, finding, you know, a video game that's haunted or, like, knows your name or, like, suddenly everyone who plays that game is dead or, like, it doesn't even have to be about a video game. It could be about, like, a television show. Like, there are... The creepypastas about banned episodes of Spongebob, for God's sakes. So, I want to see one about I Love Lucy. I wouldn't doubt they exist. How did, not, not to derail, but how did that name come about, creepypasta? Uh, well, you're familiar with the term copypasta? Actually, no. Copypasta is just a uh, shortened term of copy-paste. Ah, okay. So copypasta was given to every long story that was probably copy and pasted into, like, forums. And then creepypasta was basically stories that were probably copy and pasted, but also creepy. Got it. So, the more you know. Um... But when I was when I was writing that song and I was looking for all the inspiration and stuff like that, like I like the stories were well written. I got sucked into them. But then I started looking up, um, then I started looking up the videos that people had put together of like modded games and stuff like that. I showed you a few of them, Dan. I, I don't think I ever showed any yeah. of Charlie. Yeah, um, you showed me the Sonic one. That was the one that got me the worst. Um, <laughs> And then I started looking up videos of people who had hacked their games to mimic the events of these stories and stuff like that. And they just, like, they wrecked me. Like, I'm probably not going to sleep tonight because all I have in my head right now is that picture of Sonic with the creepy smile, the black and red eyes with the, the, the text along the top, I am God. So that's not going to be, you know. Just think like, of kittens. No, because then I'll think of kittens with that creepy smile and black and red <laughs> eyes and, and, and stuff like that. Anyway, um... What do we think makes up a great uh, horror game? Like, what 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 do you think draws people to horror games besides from the fact that they're supposed to be, like, scary? Do we think it's more, like, a survival aspect to it? Do we think it's more, like, atmosphere? Do we think it's story? What, what, uh, what do we think of it? For me, it'd have to be the atmosphere and the story of the game. Because without the atmosphere, then it's just not scary. It's just kind of like, okay, I'm just killing people. There, there's nothing to this, and uh, there has to be a good story behind it. Like Resident Evil, zombie outbreak. Everybody loves Before zombies. Zombie outbreaks were a very popular thing in video games. And you just kind of get sucked into it. You're like, okay, how did this start? Why is this happening? And that's why I'm also loving The Walking Dead, because they don't explain how it happens, just that it happened. Now, Walking Dead, the television show, the game, or the comic? Well, none of them, they explain it. So... Oh, well... I still haven't played the games, though. uh, I know I need to. I know I'm... Charlie has played the games. (laughs) Well, I've played played the first episode of season one on Uh my phone. Uh Uh-huh. So you have some homework to do. Yes. (laughs) Hey, they just came um, out on PS4. The kid, once the kids are in bed, you know. I definitely have to agree, though. It can't be. It it can't just be like the kind of thing where it just. It can't be scary like it startles you a lot, like just like loud noises and things jumping on screen and like that. It, it a good horror game needs to actually make you afraid of the environment and from from a from a standpoint of like just just the atmosphere in the story just like just like Dan was saying it can't just be a matter of like I'm um, playing oh loud noise that startled me okay now I'm playing some more it, you know it's it, it needs to be more about immersing yeah. you into that than just right. than just scaring you with loud noises 
I want to come. I I have two examples to illustrate both ends of the spectrum with what we're talking about here. One that's great at atmosphere, and then one that just ruins it. Um, The thing, the game that comes to mind, and I actually really enjoyed, um, despite the fact that literally everyone told me it would make me not sleep for three weeks, um, was Outlast. Outlast was a great game, a survival-ish horror game on the PS4 and the uh, uh, PC. Was it also released on PS3? I don't think so. I don't. I don't believe I think it was so. PS4 and PC. Um, so the thing about Outlast, it was the first kind of, it was the first game of its kind that I really played, and the, something that really sort of drove the um, survival aspect of it was the fact that you don't have any weapons. Like you go through the game, start to finish, and all you can do is like hide from things. So it was like stealth horror. It was like stealth horror. It was, re- and it was really cool because it legitimately made you like afraid. Like you, you could barely see anything. You were using this video camera the entire time, and you could only see in certain parts with night vision on the camera. And you had limited batteries, and so I'm like, okay, so this creates a real sense of I need to conserve this and only use it when I absolutely need to. Um, the other fun part was like you'd hear a sound like. It sucked you into the story of the game to where, like, you, you hear a sound off in the distance and you're like, you kind of look over there, but you don't see anything. And so you're kind of creeping through the environment like, okay, I don't want to make a noise, attract anything. So it's like you're also seeing all the detail that they put into this environment. And it actually gets a little bit, like, creepy just seeing how much they put into this just to... Uh, kind of mess with you, like, mess with your mind about uh, having to survive. Okay. What was also great about Outlast was the fact that it mastered subtlety. Like, you could go through the entire game, and there like there would be tiny little things that you wouldn't see, but to people who are incredibly detail-oriented, like, you would notice something different, like, you know... Uh, you'd walk in a, into a room and you'd, it'd be a dead end and then you'd walk out and then you'd walk back into the room and suddenly there'd just be like a footprint. And you're like, oh, why is the footprint there? And so suddenly, like people like me who overanalyze everything, suddenly you're just looking around with the flashlight and it's like, okay, something is going to murder me in six seconds. <laughs> <laughs> um but I did kind of like the. I, I also like the um, the mystery aspect of Outlast because you don't get you don't get a lot of sense of what's going on. Um, you just kind of find. If I remember, I'm trying to make sure that I don't mix up Outlast and Daylight because Daylight was horrible and Outlast was great, um, but they were very similar. Um, Outlast, you just had like you were a reporter and there was some story about that mental asylum and you were going to investigate it. Am, am I right? Do you yeah. And that was about it. Like, you didn't know what was going on. There was a mystery aspect. So you were going into the unknown, and suddenly you start seeing all these, like, inpatients and stuff like that. And they were all just, like, you could tell, like, something was wrong with them. Like, they were rocking back and forth and, like, staring at a television that was all in static. And, like, one guy set himself on fire and, like, didn't think anything of it or something like that. And you're like, okay, this better be triple pay for this assignment. (laughs) Um... It kind of draws on stuff that could, like, actually happen, like, in real life with people's psyches and everything of, like, how crazy they'd become. And I think that kind of adds to the horror aspect of it. It's like, wait, there's some people out there who would actually do this. (laughs) I think, um... 
But I think with Outlast, and we're not going to give anything too much away, I think with Outlast, the thing that really drove me nuts about it was the fact that by the ending, it just went out the door with, like, storytelling and whatever it was trying to come up with and stuff like that. Like, everything up to that point was, like... You know, I use the term believable loosely, but, like, you know, this is legitimate things that could happen. By the end of the game, I mean, you're dealing with ghosts and spirits and, you know, an underground frozen science facility. And, like, what? What's any of this? Um, I think a lot of horror games end up, like, just jumping the shark after a certain point, even if they're great. Like, suddenly it's like nothing makes sense whatsoever. Yeah. Um. I mentioned that I wanted to mention two, the two extremes of atmosphere. Um, if Outlast does it very well, then the game I've gotten in mind that just absolutely obliterates it and doesn't do very well at all is Doom 3. Never played it. I'm not surprised. Uh, <laughs> I, played a, I, I played a little bit of it, I think. Um, I remember the flashlight being a big deal. Yeah, see, with Doom 3... Uh, Doom 3 was very different from Doom 1 and 2 because Doom 1 and 2 were just, you know, shooting demons. Like, you have guns, you have bullets, you those are demons, you shoot them. That was, that was the yeah. game. You know, a decade later, you know, Doom 3 came out and they wanted to make it more survival horror because they saw games like Resident Evil and Silent Hill and they're like, oh, we can do that, but in space. And they had a good idea, but the problem with Doom 3 is that, sure, they had a lot of great set pieces, like suddenly you'd be, you know, you'd go into a room and you'd hear, like, demonic chanting and you'd keep going and you see, like, you know, blood smeared on the ground that led to, like, this, what looked like a sacrificial altar or something like that. And sure, it was well set up, but then it just leads to a jump scare. And so it's like, okay, that... Whatever. I just wasted a shotgun blast on one guy. <laughs> you know, and it wasn't what Doom was about at all. And it really wasn't great survival horror. And the thing about the flashlight is not even so much an atmosphere thing, but it was a uh, <laughs> it was a graphics engine thing. The, the Doom Three was so incredibly dark because the uh, this was an interview with Game Informer uh, maybe like eight years ago, something like that. Um, and he and John Carmack mentioned that every light they added, every piece of lighting they added, drove the frame rate down. And they wanted it at a steady frame rate, so they started taking out lights. And so they made it so that you couldn't see as well. So it was the absolute worst implementation of, like, uh, distance fog yeah. that we've ever seen. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Um, thankfully, you know, when they were re-released Doom 3, you had a, a flashlight that was mounted to your armor instead of, you know, having to take out the flashlight and then put it back in order to shoot and stuff like that, which a lot of people apparently didn't like because they thought it ruined the experience. I'm like, no, having, not being able to wield a flashlight and a pistol at the same time is what ruined <laughs> the experience. Um... But you know what game I think did sci-fi horror a lot better, of of course, was Dead Space. Love yes. Dead Space. Dead Space, I made the mistake of the first time I ever played Dead Space. I was in my college dorm at NIU. It was 3 a.m. It was dark. It was cold because we had the windows open because college kids with no air conditioning. Right. Um, <laughs> and I was like this close away from the television. Uh, for the listeners, uh, that's about seven inches. Yeah, I, I was this close from the television. It was dark. It was just me and my roommate. We were play He didn't want to play it because he knew he would throw the controller at his brand new 42-inch Samsung television, which for a dorm room, it's a pretty big television. Uh, so, and, and I'm just playing it, and I'm this close to the screen because, again, dorm room. Um, and it would, it would just be something like we would walk into a room, and there was a bunch of dead bodies there, and then we would turn around, and we'd hear, hear scurrying, 
turn around and suddenly the bodies aren't there anymore. And of course, me being me, thinking, oh, it's just a technical limitation. (laughs) (laughs) Nope. And then I walked to go investigate because, like, there was something on the ground to pick up or something. And then suddenly all those bodies fell from the ground and attacked me. And I'm like, oh, that, that, okay, that, no. You're like every teenager in every, every horror movie ever. Huh, that's so weird. Where did the dead bodies go? I should walk <laughs> over there and find out. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, it could have legitimately been a tactical limitation. Uh, I know who's in my uh, zombie survival team when uh, the apocalypse happens. (laughs) Yeah, as fodder. (laughs) Hey, hey, Mike, those bodies disappeared. Uh, Go go investigate. We'll we'll be over here. Wrong, guys, wrong. Here's an axe. (laughs) Never mind that it's the nerf one. (laughs) You you joke, but I could probably swing a nerf axe hard enough to actually... Injure zombies. He'd show up. We never have to test that. Let's hope. Um, He'd show up a few months later. I'm still alive, guys. Whoa. whoa. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. So to address what you said earlier, um, it's it's I I I I actually you know I'm I find myself to be the kind of person that I do get immersed in like like I'm a sap is what it is like so (laughs) like I I I will friggin ball at like stupid rom-coms yes i'm saying it you know whatever i cried in titanic whatever it's fine Uh, (laughs) do you need a hug (laughs) not anymore i'm handled um but but horror and like horror stuff like that doesn't typically does not scare me like i i i don't know i don't know why i just can't get over it it doesn't it's not cape it's it's rare that i find like the horror you know, thriller kind of a thing that's able to immerse me to the point where I believe it could be real. I just, I can't get myself out of like, this is a movie, this is never actually going to happen. I'm just, I can't, the logic part of my brain can't get over that hump. Yeah. But that being said, there have been a couple things and Dead Space is actually one of them. Yeah. Um, Just because of the the atmosphere and just like, like, like we've been saying all along what it takes to make a good game, the atmosphere that they did in that game was so good. Yeah. And just the way that it immersed you and just made you just forget the world around you and just like uh, all that's happening is what's on the screen and so like when like you when you just see like a shadow moving in the distance or something like that it's like it's not the jump scare that gets you it's like it, it's when i i find like an ominous figure like a figure in the background yeah be like walking slowly towards you yeah like like pyramid head is like the perfect example of this kind of thing right it's like he doesn't jump out and scare you no he walks towards you slowly partially because he's dragging along you know a, a weapon bigger than he is <laughs> but you know it's it's like when you see pyramid head like he can be 500 feet away from you you don't care you get scared and you run <laughs> yeah usually or, the wise thing to do yeah or there's people like me where you're like huh wonder if i can kill him and then oh. it's like oh my god what, what I, was i thinking what was i thinking run yeah. run I would think that would be goat too you know yeah he's not here I, but that just sounds like something he would do yeah so I never played the Silent Hill games. They are fantastic. Are they? I mean, the, I've heard good things, but again, I've met the, the the I met the composer a couple years ago. He was really interesting, but um, well, I, good. I never I never got into the games. They're good up to the room, then they just kind of like. See, the room, eh. the room is the only one that I've played, and I enjoyed that. I hear that Silent Hill Two is the best of the bunch, if I'm correct. Um, that but, one is really messed up and did creep me out, uh, especially the story with it, because that's... You're talking about two? 
Yeah, okay. that that one is pretty much somewhat believable because okay. guy goes and you know here's oh his dead wife has been like uh like something's going on with her in Silent Hill and then can we do a spoiler warning for this one or should we? I mean the game's been out. How? Well, yeah, if, now. If, if, yeah, yeah, if you whatever. still have interest in playing Silent Hill 2, fast forward about a minute, probably. But pretty much it's about him going to find his wife who's dead, and then he eventually commits suicide in one oh. of the endings. And just to be with her. So, so there's different endings you can get? I believe there were three different endings, if I remember correctly. Okay. Uh, I just went through the game once, and I was just like, okay, I'm freaked out by this and but yeah silent hill games have been kind of ones to draw you in because like you go from the normal world and then all of a sudden it's like you walk into a room everything's fine all of a sudden you walk back out of that same room and you're in hell and right it's kind of like whoa wait wait what happened here Interesting. See, I I think that, you know, not just horror games, but horror things in general, I don't find as much subtlety as I'd like. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm very much the person that, you know, like I said, I'm very detail-oriented. So if something subtle happens that's supposed to, like, you know, send up red flags or something, I'll pick it up in a heartbeat, and suddenly, you know, that's what I'm focusing on. That's what's going through my mind. Um, I think that horror loses its... Uh, I think it loses its atmosphere once, you know, it's trying too hard. I think that's yeah. one of the reasons why, like, I don't find, I don't find, like, like, gory films or games or something like that particularly scary. The I shock just find stuff. them, yeah, yeah, I just yeah. find them disgusting. And that's what, I had an ex that walked me through the entire Saw series because they're some of her favorites. And all of them, I just hated how... I, the only thing I didn't like about them was the fact that it's just, it's just torture porn. And it's like, I... This is... I liked the first one, just because the, 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 first, the ending. Yeah, the first one was cool. I liked yeah. the first one. But the other ones, it was just, how many different ways can we pretend to kill people? Right, right, yeah. And that doesn't get me. And that's one of the reasons why, Dan, off-air, you were about to show... Uh, you started to show Charlie. You were about to show me, uh, apparently, mm-hmm. a nine-minute-long video of all the deaths and the evil within... Yeah, and that's why I was like, no, I'm, 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 I'm good, thanks. I, I, no, you can, you can, yeah, you can keep that over the top with the death scenes and that. It, those aren't what freak me out in the game. What freaks me out is you have very limited ammo, and you have to choose wisely, pretty much who you're gonna have to kill. Except at one point in the game where pretty much it's like, okay, yeah, I do have to kill these guys if I want to advance. And uh, just having to, it's pretty much kind of like a stealth horror where you're really trying to conserve ammo and you only fight when it's absolutely necessary. See, I have, I have a qualm with that, but I, I want to ask you something about The Evil Within. Is it the kind of game that if you run out of ammo, like you're screwed, like you might as well start over at a checkpoint from there? I, or do you have, like, a knife or something that you can actually still fight back with? You can still do hand-to-hand fighting. But it like, probably is just shit, right? Unless you upgrade it. There are... You okay. can, like, upgrade your skills and everything. Oh, okay. I, this isn't a spoiler. Like, there's a, like, area in the game where, like, you collect this goo. That's all I can really say it is. Like, this green goo. Ectoplasm? <laughs> So it's pretty much. Okay. 
or gack or so nickelodeon studios has been involved in this and uh, <laughs> i use that to like upgrade like your health your melee damage uh how much ammo you can carry your weapons which it starts getting like first off it starts at like a thousand points which is pretty much nothing but then it moves up to like into the tens of thousands and then it's like okay i'm gonna have to spend a while to upgrade this stuff so it's kind of like okay do i really want to go through upgrade this or am i just fine going through the game like this or it sounds like, like this really speaks to the rpg side of you <laughs> pretty much because i'm kind of sitting it. there like hmm i can upgrade i wonder how long until <laughs> i max everything out <laughs> this game has a skill trees yes <laughs> um so going back to my original question, so you do have a, uh, excuse the pun, you do have a fighting chance if you're out of ammo. Yes. <laughs> it's just not a very good one. Uh, depending on how good depending, you are. Depending on how you upgrade. If you pretty much recognize how the enemies fight back after you hit them, you, you're fine. Okay. But okay. See, if, that's, one thing that, that's one thing I've seen in a few survival horror games that I absolutely hate is yep. that like when you're out of ammo and you can't do anything, yep. the game is just like, fuck you. No, you, you didn't conserve anything, right? And it's like, well... Okay, at least, like like I said, at least give me, like, a knife or let me punch the shit out of the zombie to see if I can do something yeah. about it. You know, the, the, the second that a game gates you from being able to, you know, progress, and, even if you haven't made smart decisions, uh, like, if you haven't made smart decisions, just make it tougher. Don't make it impossible. Yeah. But, and I've seen a few, yeah. I've, I've seen a few survival horror games that just absolutely just throw that idea out the window. Just like, no, if you don't conserve your ammo, you're fucked. Sorry. Completely agree, and that's one of the reasons why. Like, for example, I just I didn't get into the Resident Evil series, uh -huh. is because especially like when you limit your ability to save with those stupid tape reels. Yeah, it's that, like God. It's yeah, it's it's like at that point I feel like now I I know, I know that the, the Resident Evil series is is widely popular. I know I'm in the minority and not being a fan, but also in the minority. High five. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like it's. I, you know, but again, VJ, you and I are the same thing on the same page. We're like we play games for the story. Like we we don't want we, we like to explore. We like to see what yes. the game has to offer. We don't exactly. play for a challenge and, and, necessarily. And, and especially when the game presents you with a wall, like you like you accurately described it, where it's like you know if if you if you don't play the game correctly. Like Apple, you're holding your phone wrong. It's like, <laughs> it's like you didn't play me right. Sorry, I have to start over. That was the perfect passive aggressive stab at Apple from Charlie. <laughs> um, but um, and that's one of the reasons why I did like Dead Space so much. It's because it's like yes, you're. I I particularly never had an ammo problem in that game. I but, never did either. Yeah, but even if you did run out of ammo, like the the hand to hand and the stomping of heads and things like that, like they, 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 <laughs> can we just talk about Isaac's mighty foot? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like wow, one stomp and that body is just gone. Just, my God, there, wasn't there also like a foam finger? At like thing was that, there? That, I think there was like was some special like weapon. Was it like an Easter like, egg or something? I would not surprise me. Um, but yeah, it, it's a game like that where it's like, yes, if you run out of ammo, it's harder, but not impossible. Right. And so yeah, that's it, 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 a lot of survival horror. It's like I, I understand the the tension of like needing to like worry about your supplies and things like that so much. Right. But like we've already said several times, don't make the game impossible. Just make, make it, it harder. slightly harder. Yeah. Um. What another thing that I kind of want to uh, address about horror games? Um, we reviewed uh, we we reviewed several months ago the game Daylight, 
which is a horror game, uh, one of the first games ever released on Unreal Engine 4, and, you know, it was okay, but very repetitive. Um, go back and listen to whatever episode that was. Um, what do you... What do you that was, I found it, yeah, there were... There it, were uh, there, it there was, was called The film. Devil Fingers. Wow, that's kind of hilarious. Or uh, Devil which, Horns. Which, which Dead Space? Dead Space 3. Okay. Oh. That, that's the, the only sh- one I haven't played yet because I hear it's not you, quite as great. No, it, it really isn't. Okay. It, it's not so much horror as it's just a third-person shooter. Yeah. Okay. And he says <laughs> pew while firing it. Like pew, pew. Okay, I thought you said something different. Um, <laughs> Um, but so the thing, the thing that the thing about daylight that really bothered me was that you know, and I mentioned I mentioned this in the review is that there are these enemies that are terrifying looking, but once you figure out that the game is kind of dumb where it, they can't hurt you if you don't look at them. Right, I remember this now. Yeah, Dude, I remember telling you about that. And you you just kind of stared at me at Goat and I in disbelief, was like, no, really, <laughs> and it was like. Once you figure out, like, games like that, once you figure out what no longer hurts you, like, suddenly it's just like, okay, game's done. You know, I can, I'll just walk backwards through the entire game and, <laughs> until the... Can you imagine? I wonder if anyone's done that. I'm going to take to YouTube daylight backwards playthrough. <laughs> it's probably out if there. If it's not a thing, it should be. Um... Can any can any of you think of like a particular like moment? Um, doesn't even necessarily have to be a, a horror specific game. It could be any game at all. Can you any of you think of a moment that was just like like your nope moment, like in any game where suddenly you just had to put the controller down and just walk away and just like oh god, I can't do this anymore. Like I said before, that kind of stuff doesn't affect me, so no, I can't. I've had very rare moments where that's happened, and it's been so few and far between that. See, I can't think. I can't think of anything specific, or at least I can't think of anything like, you know, or, I can't. I can't think of anything that happened in the games. But like again, like going back to creepy pastas and stuff like that, and then just having my mind warped, especially the Pokemon stuff. Like suddenly, <laughs> suddenly, I can't hear the Lavender Town theme without getting incredibly depressed and scared for everything, which is really unfortunate because one of my songs is the Lavender Town theme. So, and then just everything just like sucks you out of it, and like it's not even intentional. But I think that's one of the things that makes it the scariest is the fact that you know, like games like Pokemon and Sonic and Zelda, they're meant. F- quote-unquote, meant for children, and then suddenly these people come up with these ridiculous stories about them that are just, like, just ripping out everything and just making you question life itself. I still think the creepier one is, uh, of the creepypastas is Majora's Mask. Oh, uh, Ben? Yes. Uh, (laughs) you shouldn't have done that. That 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 was the longest as well. That took me a full like hour and a half to read through the entire thing, but it was so so worth it. If you guys don't know what we're talking about, by the way, if you've got the stomach for it, and by stomach I mean a stable mindset, um, go look up Creepy Possible. Just like Google Creepy I think it's like creepypasta.org or something like that. Um, and look through, like, your game of choice, like, all these stories and stuff like that. A couple of the good ones are Ben, which takes place in Majora's Mask. Um, Sonic.exe, which obviously... Is your worst nightmare. Um, uh, Pokemon uh, Black. Um, Lavender Town Syndrome. Um, 
Uh, Lost Silver. You remember that one? Did I ever show you that one? I don't think I read that Lost one. Lost Silver was, was um, really subtle in that your characters kept changing and the the Pokemon in your party were uh, unknown and they were specific letters that spelled out things. Which was the one with the uh, ghost-type Pokemon? I think that was uh, Creepy Black. Yeah, that one was kind of messed up. Yeah, that one that one was also messed up. And then there was and then there was the other one. I, it might have also been Creepy Black, where every battle you did, like all the trainers ended up dead once you beat them. And then yeah, the, that was the one with the uh, ghost type Pokemon. Yeah, that was God, that that one was just, God. I don't know. That one people was come morbid. Up. Charlie, have you read any of these? No. Do you want to? Uh... <laughs> They're very, they're, they're legitimately very well written. So I, I believe you. Um, <laughs> some of those stories do suck you in, and you're like, man, that they, they just draw you into it. Other ones, you're like, well, that was dumb. They also play into like, <laughs> they also play into like all the fan theories that like you know like you know the, the fan theory that. Ash actually is in a coma from like what was it the second episode of Pokemon after he got. Uh, after he got in a bike accident or something like that, and that's why he doesn't age across like 15 years of a fucking <laughs> cartoon, and and um, you know that's why he keeps releasing Pokemon and why they don't evolve and it's, it's stuff like that and why he can't win because he's all it's all he's a coma he's in a coma he's not a coma <laughs> that'd be really weird. Um, right, next time somebody goes into a coma, I'm like they're in an ash. <laughs> There was only one creepypasta story that ever uh, that ever absolutely like wrecked me. Like sure, like Sonic.exe, you know, those images stick with me and stuff like that. There was one um there was one story that I uh, is really only for the people that aren't fate of heart. Um it was called uh, Squidward's Suicide. It was SpongeBob based and just everything about it was so descriptive and people again put up made mock-up pictures of this stuff and it was just god it was so like i couldn't do anything that entire weekend when i read it just because i kept like thinking about it and it just made me depressed and i was really like like you know for those of you who can't see i'm like almost in a fetal position like i want someone to hug me he's hugging (laughs) mr kool-aid it was it was it was crazy I, I can see that. <laughs> so part of me wants to look this up later, but then the other part of me is like, you probably shouldn't. <laughs> as long as the boys don't read it. <laughs> yeah, the the they'll never see it. No, just don't know. They're no. more about Minecraft videos on YouTube. So, so are there any other uh, horror video games that you guys like have really enjoyed? Eternal Darkness. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> God damn it! I, I know you didn't like it. I just couldn't. I okay. We've covered this before, but I'll say it again, just be, just for the listeners that haven't been around for a while. So one time, Goat let me borrow Eternal Darkness, and I tried playing through it, and I gave it an honest shot. I was excited because there was all this hype around it, but I couldn't get around the fact that the controls were dated from like twelve years ago, and I just couldn't get it to work, and and that just it ruined it. And it's like I I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it, and I was really sad because I really wanted to play it. <laughs> But I just couldn't get around the controls. And even See, Goat recognized, he's just like, yeah, the controls really were kind of a sign of the times. So I'm like, well, good. If I had played it 12 years ago, I would have been a 12-year-old playing a horror game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that, that one really 
That one just messed with you psychologically if you're uh, yeah, that was, that fear was one, meter. That was, that was the one that told you like it deleted your save data and stuff like that, wasn't oh, it? Like, it? Like the game has crashed, you have to start over. And, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, we do stuff that. Like that. But I love when it breaks the fourth wall like that. Yeah. Like, it just messes with I you. I wish more games mess with the player like that. The only, I the don't. Only... <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the one really cool thing I loved with it was uh, it would also mess with the volume on your TV. But oh, it yeah. wouldn't just be like wait, a stick. No, with, no, 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 no. The game would simulate it, but there would be an on-screen fake volume meter. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So you just see like your volume either. It all of a sudden it either get really loud, or else it just mute. And it's like, wait, am My I sitting on the remote? Have a mute button. Like what happened? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just... um, yeah I, I wish you know the only two games I can think of that have really messed with a player like that are Eternal Darkness. And Psychomantis. Like, I can't think of any well, other... Well, I mean, that's not a game. You know what I mean. Yeah, I know. <laughs> the, um... I, I, I wish more games did that. Because I, I think, like... Like you said, breaking the fourth wall like that, I think, is a really good way to just... It, it's, it's an immersion thing. I don't know. Yeah, because that one, I, I started playing that. Uh, my friend lent it to me uh, when I was living down in Memphis. And I decided, oh, it's two in the morning. <laughs> he said to play this with the lights out. Sure, why not? <laughs> that was a bad idea. Oh, About an hour later. Yeah, I'm turning the lights back on. Yeah, that, that, this just isn't yeah, sitting. Yeah, I'm lighting some candles. <laughs> I'm grabbing the knife under my bed. <laughs> well, it, like once I get immersed into something, like I could hear the slightest sound, and all of a sudden I'm like, what, what, what was that? What, what's going on? Yeah, see, I'm the same way, and that's probably one of the reasons why I don't play a lot of horror <laughs> games. But, you know. So, Cool. Anything else, guys? No, I think we've... Uh, I've said everything I want to say on the topic. I'm good. Yeah, well... Good, because I did too. So, cool. Well, those are our favorite horror game memories? Question mark? Fuck it. That's us talking about horror games. Let's see what you guys had to say. Okay, so the uh, mailbag question, of course, was we're talking horror games with guest host Dan this week. Dan, you're here, right? Oh, man. This episode keeps getting creepier. Um, <laughs> if you like them, why do you like them? If not, why not? <laughs> man, I really planned that question out great. <laughs> um, so you guys said, uh, Danny said, Dead Space is still one of my favorite games. I feel like playing games that make you feel helpless and uncertain if you're going in the right direction or if it's safe to go on. Um, I've been tiptoeing into the horror genre recently, even going so far as to co-host a YouTube show and write a book. I'm current. I'm crazy excited to play Alien Isolation and Evil Within as soon as I can clear some time to play them. Yeah, I, Alien Isolation has been getting good reviews too, and that's. Um, I'm not familiar with this one. Um, it's basically the game that Alien Colonial Marines should have been. Oh, oh, <laughs> Alien the movie, right, right. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. That, that, I'm dumb. Anyway, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, and by the way, someone wants to. Uh, someone came up with the idea on Twitter. I don't remember who it was. They came up with the idea on Twitter to mod Alien Isolation so that instead of the Xenomorph, Xeno, Xenomorph, Xenomorph, <laughs> Xenomorph. I know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, it's instead the Kool Aid Man. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing and relevant to this episode. <laughs> by the way, folks, I finished my Kool Aid about ten minutes ago. So uh, now we wait for it to tweet and take effect. <laughs> Yeah, I've got a not-that-long drive home. Um, Sam says, I love them, but I need someone in the room for the first couple hours I play. Once I'm comfortable, I can play alone. Cool. Yeah, I, I'm, I've gotten better. I'm usually not a big horror person, but I've been... And now you got Twitch. And now I have Twitch, where... 
I can watch other people get scared and I can play games that are scary but aren't actually scary like PT. <laughs> Okay, so I, I, the, I demo that isn't actually scary. <laughs> move on from that rabbit hole. Yeah, I still think had you gone through it first, like by yourself, you may have gotten creeped out by it. But that's my opinion. I yeah, but I would have just quit. True. Like I'm not even joking. Like I would have gotten to that first puzzle and it's just like, what do I do? And then I would have wandered around for 20 minutes and like this is dumb. And then I would turn it off. So I wouldn't have even finished it. Good call. Okay, so, and of course, Goat's not here, um, so we've got his Goat Remote. I feel like we need to come up with a specific jingle for that. I'll work on that. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, so we've got his Goat Remote this week. Uh, let's go ahead and listen to it, see where he's at. Hey, fellas, Goat checking in on the road for Goat Remote. I am in route to Denver on the Black Mass Tour. Uh, we are currently passing through Iowa. That's exciting. So, so excited. No, no it's not. Acorn. Uh, Lance James popping out on the old Bussaroo. Played Madden, played some NHL. So now I'm some sort of bro, I think. <laughs> I have mixed feelings about that. Uh, hope you guys are having fun talking about horror games this week. I'll check in next week for more fun and excitement. Bye. Well, he's still alive, so that's something. He, he's going through Iowa. He's barely alive. Um, <laughs> the only thing that Iowa has is the world's largest truck stop. I've been there. Mate, I'm not kidding, by I the way. You. Have you, have you, did you ever see the picture I posted on Instagram when I was driving to San Diego? I feel like I did, yeah. There was the, it, it's the world's largest truck, truck stop. It's basically just a fucking mall with, you know, trucks. <laughs> real, real quick, um, I, now, after Goat Remote, I'm going to follow up with um, Google Goat Remote. Which is going to be um, what? <laughs> just, just for fun, just for fun. Um, so, this is a Google Voice account, and so with these voicemails, we get um, Google's voice transcriptions. And so now, now <laughs> and so now, I am going to read um, Google's what, what, what Google heard Goat say in his uh, voicemail. <clears throat> if I was still checking in on the road, Virgo Remote. I am en route to Denver. The black man's to work. We are currently <laughs> passing through. I will. That's exciting. So, so exciting. On the plans game, flat the help. <laughs> <laughs> On the old bus route, late tonight and play tonight's show. So now I'm some sort of bro. I think I'm excited about that. Hope you guys are having fun talking about Morgan. <laughs> I'll check in next week for... The number. More fun, excitement, bye. <laughs> Who's that, Morgan? That, that plays it well into me uh, showing you the true facts about Morgan Freeman. Yeah, that's true. Wow. Okay. Thank you, and, Goat, for checking in. And thank you, Google, for massacring it in other voice. <laughs> and I would just like to let Goat know that I am not sitting in, in his spot. I have been standing in it the entire time. It's true. We've offered him a chair, but he, he refuses. Um, Goat, your spot is currently being taken up by a rock band drum kit. The good one, at least. The good one. The ion <laughs> drum kit. So, I mean, you know. It, uh... I was <laughs> I was going to come up with some kind of joke like it's just as much fun to hit but but can't wait for you to come back but we don't condone violence against women it's been trying to snare us or animals for that matter it's been trying to snare us in its evil ways he's gonna murder us when he comes back and it's only the first episode I'm just making sure he has enough 
reason to come back. Oh, he'll come back. Even if it's just to punch me. That's okay. <laughs> I missed that Barnard. Can we put it on the YouTube channel? <laughs> okay. And of course, Songbird writes in this week. She says, Dear Viking Jesus, in spirit, goat, Technotronicorn, and Dan. It's in there. <laughs> it's actually in actually, there. See? This time. Oh, right wow. Because yeah. we announced you were going to be Whoa. in the um, Songbird says, Mailbag answer. The horror genre in general just isn't quite my cup of tea, really. It's not that I think it's bad. I just don't like to be stressed or scared more than I used to be and because life in general does that for free. Wow. That's... Really sad. Aww. I feel like I need to go hug Songbird. Um, usually in games, the mechanics for those place restrictiveness on the player, which adds in suspense, but can also make the game less fun and feel like a chore instead. For example, Bioshock Infinite's Burial at Sea Episode 2 changed to the survival horror, and I found it annoyingly tedious. While it made sense for the story, I really don't care for stealth and other things that put me in a bind. Honestly, the only spooky-related game I wanted and got was Luigi's Mansion. <laughs> Oddly enough, I have slowly started to watch some YouTubers play spooky games since I'm not playing them myself, plus at times I'll get a laugh now and then when the gamer does get scared. So, I still feel like I sh we should go hug Songbird, because, you know, apparently yeah. life scares her. I think life scares everybody. That was deep. You need to drink more. <laughs> <laughs> or less, depending on how you are. Um, Songbird asks, if Goat really was in spirit form, what would you guys think he would do? <laughs> <laughs> um... He would play pranks on us, obviously. Like, but they wouldn't be like big pranks, like you know, slamming doors or making things ooze out of the wall. He would do things like everything that's hanging in the wall in here. He would move everything three inches to the left, <laughs> so that all of us would feel uneasy about everything in the room. But we couldn't figure out what was making us uneasy. No, no, I, I know how he'd get uh, me and Mike. We'd be playing an RPG. We wouldn't have saved for like a few hours. He just hit the eject disc button. <laughs> <laughs> You know what he would do to Charlie? And this is going to be a joke that might only be behind the scenes. He would make it so that all the uh, door handles are three inches farther away than they appear. <laughs> <laughs> How's it feel? How's it feel? That's just spiteful. <laughs> oh, thankfully Goat's not dead. We know. We have his voicemail. Um, or what? do we? No, we do. We just played it. You can only do that once a year. You... Oh, oh, God, his throat <laughs> Suddenly, his throat exploded. That's how we got on the topic of the ejecting throat. <laughs> wow. Okay, behind the scenes moment, ladies and gentlemen. Um, <laughs> Dan was urging Charlie to make that noise earlier, and I said, no, he can't do that more than once a year, otherwise he'll, his throat will just eject. <laughs> And then suddenly we started thinking of, like, G.I. Joe action figures where, like, their throats eject in addition to the kung fu grip. And then um, while Charlie was off, like, getting a drink or something, Dan and I were trying to figure out how we got on that topic. And now I remember. So thank you, Charlie. You're welcome. And Gamerhead action figures also came out of it. Except my throat would come out of my beard because, you know... <laughs> Anyway, uh, Songbird says, One way to avoid being sued is to give the subject in question a very bland and stale name. Mario and Wario's are Super Plumber and Bad Plumber, while their partners, Luigi and Waluigi's, are Super Plumber's Mate and Bad Plumber's Mate, which totally doesn't sound suggestive at all. What generically bland names can you come up with to disguise greatly known game icons? Uh, Yellow Ball Man. <laughs> <laughs> Master Jerkface. 
um, anthropomorphic space fox. <laughs> Spike turtle. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm redoing mine. Master teabag. <laughs> uh, that's one of the sexy versions of the costume. Oh. <laughs> where it's got tea bags hanging. Anyway, Dan, can you think of any? I can't really date no. I don't really play games with iconic characters that are well. No, known. you play Destiny. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't know why I just chose to lash out on Destiny Damn. at that very moment. Just gonna go in the corner, cry a little, and you're already in the corner. I'm gonna turn around and just cry a little now. And... Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm going to stick with anthropomorphic space fox because you know. <laughs> also, sexy anthropomorphic space fox for Crystal. Yep. Um, Swambert says, was there anything in a game that wasn't meant to be creepy or scary, but you found it so? Probably. You know what? I, I, I know exactly what I'm going to say to this, even if it doesn't technically count because someone had to show it for, to me for it to be scary. Um, I read on a list on Cracked that was like things that are unintentionally creepy from video games and stuff like that. And there was a level in Super Mario Galaxy where like there were these shadows of these things in the background that are just like staring at you with glowing eyes. And you can't see them unless you magnify the image like 64 times or something like that. But they're there and they're staring and you don't know what they're doing there. So... Suddenly, I can't play Super Mario Galaxy at all because now I'm just terrified of anthropomorphic space foxes. Because I always zoom in the picture 64 times while playing a video game. Especially Mario. Yeah. I mean, doesn't everybody? (laughs) I just want to make sure I get that jump right. Just me, huh? Okay. (laughs) Um, Some of the most unintentionally creepy stuff I've ever seen in video games have just been glitches. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where suddenly, like, a face is inside out, or yeah, and, like, yeah, yeah, or like yeah. somebody goes all spider limbed, and yeah. <laughs> I always love those gifts, though. <laughs> like, oh man, you, and one of the creepy things. It was probably actually kind of maybe meant to be creepy. Um, someone modded Skyrim so that all the um, <laughs> all the mud crabs were textured like Spider Man. Oh God. <laughs> And so, and then, it, so it was just Spider-Man. Just like, look it up. It's it's the most terrifying thing ever. And sure, it's a mod, but you know, it's horrible. Dan, I'd have to go with Charlie. Just glitches. Like, unfortunately, I'm gonna have to go back to a game that you don't want mentioned. But there was a what, beta what, beta what, of it over the summer. What game? Oh, Destiny. <laughs> I wasn't gonna say it, but yeah, I. Saying, I so now you can. No, I found, like, a few glitches in there. Just I was like, okay, well, maybe it was just a one-time deal. No, it kept happening in the same spot over and over again, but it stretched out my character's face. Like, not like a whole uh, texture map on top of, like, each other where it's just, like, like copy-paste and all that. No, it actually stretched the face out. Oh. It was only in the tower that it would happen. I haven't been oh. able to get it uh, to do it again, but... I remember, speaking of creepy glitches, I remember having this glitch. Um, I'm uh, Listeners know that I'm a huge wrestling fan and also a huge wrestling video game fan. Um, and occasionally I would be creating wrestlers, and uh, if uh, Elfring is listening to this, he, he knows my struggle. Um, occasionally you'd be creating wrestlers, and the proportion, like, 
creator, like where you change like the size of body parts and facial structure and stuff like that, um, would just get all sorts of wonky if you just put the wrong combination in and suddenly like your mouth is like through your forehead and your <laughs> eyes are like three feet in front of you. And it's just like, what? How? And it only really ever happened in like the PS2 versions of the game, but God, it was awful. Um... Songbird finishes with, to, uh, to make up for their naughty behavior, the baddies of gaming are releasing a lineup of sinister sweets. What kind of terrible treats, the name and flavor of it, would best represent themselves to the masses? Additionally, what possible side effects could there possibly be? Um, so basically, if gaming villains um, made like Halloween candy and like sweets and stuff like that, what would, what would they make? Um, I keep thinking of... Um, uh, I keep thinking of power-ups from Mario, but like the bad ones, so like the poison mushroom oh, yeah. and and like the 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 Zdar from Mario Party that gives you negative one star and stuff like that, and all of them would be like um, Magic Koopa branded because, of course, they would be, or like Yoshi eggs, but they're like demonic Yoshi eggs, or like a blue shell candy that would just fly out of your hand and hit your best friend in the face. <laughs> That'd be amazing. I'll buy all of them. I'll buy them by the box. Just open up the box. <laughs> oh, this should be fun. <laughs> no. You bring them you bring them to like a party in just like a generic box and then and then you walk in the door and it was like, "Hey, nice to see you." And then suddenly your box just starts like burr, 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 and suddenly the box flies open and 12 blue shells come out and start chasing everybody. <laughs> oh man, this needs to be a thing. Nintendo, you got the gamer green light to make. It sounds like a Harry Potter candy or a, or a, um, a, a giant oversized Majora's Mask candy. That has a timer in the box where if you don't eat it within like two minutes, the moon crashes into you. <laughs> sure. <laughs> it was like an awfully. Uh, you had two minutes to save humanity. You I never failed. said it was a cheap candy. <laughs> <laughs> the moon turns out to be made out of like sugar or something like that so it's just like you need to eat this quickly but people don't anyway just so that they can get like a giant sugar moon just <laughs> and just hit them in the head be yeah, hilarious you would, you would just be like i've got flavoring and water kool-aid here i come <laughs> <laughs> i start grinding up the moon to put in kool-aid why that would that be I, a picture what i need that to be a picture i'll work on somebody it to draw that Hey guys, uh, <laughs> you want your work featured on Gamerhead Radio, and and at that moment, at that point, Viking Jesus is all my stuff. Uh, make a picture of me grinding the moon from a chore <laughs> to put into Kool Aid. <laughs> <laughs> so, Dan, can what, you th- would, you, would you call it Moon Aid? Sure, <laughs> Moon Aid or. Like no, you know what needs to happen now. I now I need now I need to do this. It'll be the moon from Majora's Mask, but instead of that face, it's the Kool Aid Man's face. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, God, I now I need to make that anyway. Dan, can you think of any uh, sinister sweets, as it were? Well, yeah, it's the RPG gamer in me coming out. You know, like when Kafka gets all the espers and just turns them into the magicites. You want to eat the magicites? They're just giant Jolly Ranchers. That's all they are. 
The only side effect is you get all these cool magic spells. Can you imagine if they actually started selling like hard candy in the shape of like these crystals and stuff like that, and in them they have like little like very tiny figurines of the espers that are just like look like they're trapped. I would collect all of them and never eat them. I'd buy two of them just so I could eat one batch and then <laughs> keep the other for display. Oh, wow. Thank you, Songbird, of course, again, for coming up with such brilliant prompts. Um, Actually, I thought of a name for uh character, just bland name. Mm-hmm. Flash of Light. Who's Flash of Light supposed to be? I was going to say Fleshlight, and I just went the wrong direction. Oh. <laughs> That'd be Leisure Suit Larry. <laughs> so is Flash of Light just supposed to Lightning. be like... Oh. <laughs> no, I'd come up with, like, the scientific name, like, whatever lightning is called by, like, scientists, because it's probably not lightning. Electrons right? and plasma? Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, That's more interesting. Yes, but also not representative of the costume. <laughs> True. Anyway, uh, thank you, Songbird, of course, for your email. Um, uh, Dan, you uh, you were assigned to have a... Uh, motherfucking mailman, uh, <laughs> mail tip of the week. <laughs> well, now if you start seeing mail trucks driving around on Sunday, do not be alarmed. If you order from Amazon, there is now Sunday delivery, which means that I also have to go in on Sundays to deliver said parcels. So order away. It helps me make money. It gets you your stuff. Whoa, 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 whoa. You're telling people to order things on Amazon? I thought that I thought the postman would hate having to work another day. I get a Sunday premium. I'm fine with it. Oh yeah, fucking whatever, man. And yeah, that, that's about all I can think of. And make sure if uh, you find something gamerhead related, buy that and make sure it goes through <laughs> Amazon. Because <laughs> you'll get it on a Sunday. <laughs> what if they want it on another day? So if they order it on a Tuesday, they they have to wait till Sunday if they it, have two it, day shipping. That, that's a long two days to wait. Exactly. <laughs> Charlie, do you have a uh, beer of the week? I do. Um, so Transient Artisan Ales is a new brewery that um, that they, they've been brewing for a while, but they've only recently started bottling. They're actually um, currently using um, One Trick Ponies facilities in... Uh, I can't remember where, but they're, they're, they're somewhere out of the Chicagoland area. They have a porter um, that uh, that we got and we shared a bottle of at, uh, at my housewarming party yesterday. That is one of the best porters I have ever had. Um, and, Which, um, coming from Charlie's mouth, is saying something. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm currently struggling, struggling to remember the name of it. I think it's actually called Henry or something like that. They only have three beers out in bottles right now. It's the only porter. So, um, but, um, but yeah, if you manage to find some of this, if you're anywhere, one other quick shout out. If you're anywhere in the area, my favorite bottle shop has uh, become the beer cellar in Glen Ellen. Um, the, uh, the guy that runs the place, he's, is extremely knowledgeable. He's a super friendly, um, he, he's just a, he's just a big, jolly, bearded, awesome ginger of a man. And, oh, <laughs> until you added ginger, I was going to say Santa. <laughs> no, I was about to go, Mike works there? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, secretly this entire time, Mike is running a bottle shop. <laughs> um, ultimate, but, um, ultimate irony. They, they are, they are incredibly awesome there um you know it's a smaller place it's literally in a basement beer cellar um but uh, he has bottles open for tasting all the time um and he doesn't do what a lot of bottle shops do where it's like when they get like the the special like limited rare stuff in they like keep it in the back 
and they don't like advertise that they have it at all. So they they want their like regular customers to come in and ask if they have it, and then you know give them a bottle. No, when when, when he gets like the super rare stuff in, he posts a picture of it on Facebook. And it's like guess what we got in. Like he doesn't like play that whole like favoritism game with with customers. Like he's very open. Like he'll have like bottle per person limits and stuff like that because yeah. you know obviously right. But um, no, it's um it's just an absolute. It's it's just a great place to go, and um, I'm specifically mentioning them in here because. They are currently the only bottle shop outside of Chicago proper that is selling this beer. So um, oh. if, um, if if you're interested in it, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, hopefully Transient will start um, distributing in a, in a wider area soon because their stuff is fantastic so far. But um, if you're anywhere near Glen Ellen and are looking to try some beers, um, even if you're just beer curious, <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's a great place to go. You're because... trademarking that term, right? Uh, I'm sure I'm not the first person to say that. Uh, That's not the point. You're trademarking it, right? <laughs> um, you should absolutely go to the beer, beer cellar in Glen Ellen um, because uh, awesome people, awesome beer, and yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Goat's not here, but if he was, he'd want me to mention, he'd want to mention that uh, 29 Needles is playing at Bada Brew in Crest Hill, Illinois on November 1st, which is this coming Saturday. Um, obviously, Goat won't be there, but the rest of the band probably will be. Um Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> They're opening up for Dead Horse Trauma. Um, tickets are like 10, 12 bucks, something like that. Very 10, affordable. 10, 10 early, 12 <laughs> at the door, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, I've played at Bada Brew. It's a nice little place. Uh, as for me, um, if you didn't see, of course, the Video Games Live is uh, doing another Kickstarter for their Level 4 album. It's going to go until like November 20th, something like that. Um, doing very well already within 24 hours, they already reached like 52% of their goal or something. Nice. It was nuts. So that but says it's, to me, people were very happy with their last offering. Yeah. Well, it, the, the last album was fantastic. Um, and I'm not just saying that because I'm involved with That's it. That's my point. It's like, <laughs> admittedly, you are biased. Yeah. So the fact that they, that they were able to get to that much of their goal so quickly, I yeah. think is a very, very, uh, you know, fair estimate of the quality of their work. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so go ahead and back that if you have the funds. Uh, any dollar is appreciated. Um, and of course, like I mentioned, I'm involved with the level four Kickstarter. I will be on the bonus round two album that you get only if you are a Kickstarter backer. Um, so that's something to look forward to. Uh, and of course, you can always support my music independently at patreon.com slash vikingjesus. Uh, by the way, folks, I'm less than a month away from releasing the biggest song I have ever created. And I'm insane for wanting to do it. But as uh, as uh, my good friend Tommy Tallarico loves to say, if people are telling him he's insane, it means he's doing it right. So <laughs> I'm uh, so I'm very excited to release it. I'm not I'm literally not going to say It'll give any hint about it until the day it comes out. I'm not even going to say what day it comes out because that will give it away like no other. Um, but I will say that it's less than a month away. And it's going to be great. It's going to be so great. So great, you guys. Is it going to be great? It's going to be great. Okay. And with that, if you like to hear, like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Gamerhead Radio. Follow us on Twitter at Gamerhead Radio. I'm at Viking Games Live. Goat's not here, but he's at Sir Goatsworth. He's at T-E-K Charlie. Dan, do you use Twitter? You don't use Twitter. I look at stuff. That's about it. Fuck it. Whatever. Um, we're on Google Plus. We're on Stitcher Radio. We're on iTunes. We're on our own website with GamerheadRadio.com. We're on Google Play with the Gamerhead Radio app, which had problems, but they're fixed somehow. Um, Yay, technology. It was, it was all on our host's end. They, they had a problem, and they fixed it like before... 
we even said that there was a problem to begin with. So yeah, that was yeah. pretty great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so please uh, download the app, whatever it is on whatever avenue it is you listen to us on. Please five stars, upvote us, plus one us, so on so forth. Spread us, spread us everywhere. Not literally everywhere. We okay, maybe literally everywhere. Um, I'll go get the chainsaw. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> um, well, that's show appropriate. <laughs> if you'd like to email us, you can get a hold of us at editors at gamerheadradio.com. Uh, of course, you can be as cool as goat and call the official Gamerhead Radio hotline at 94926Gamer. Um, and you can, like I said, you can be as cool as goat, except you're probably not heading to Denver on a metal tour right now. So there's that. Um or you are. I don't know. We're we'll talking. We, we <laughs> get a wide range of listeners here. This episode of Gamerhead Radio is brought to you by Umbrella Corporation. I'm going to leave it at that. <laughs> this has been Gamerhead Radio. Uh...